Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Zone coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only racing casino resort. Now, here's Justin Ankry and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of need his name up in lights, he just wants to be heard, whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so unlike everybody else, alone, in spite of the fact that some people still think that they know, but no, he knows the code, it's not about the salary, it's all about reality, and making some noise, making a story, making sure his click stays up, that means when he puts it down, toxic picking it up, let's go. The Red White Report is brought to you by Big O Tires, with locations in Conway on Harkrider and in Cabot on Prospect Court. Big O Tires offers an endless selection of wheel and tire combinations. Big O Tires, they have everything you need to fit your budget and style. Woohoo! Good news on the hill. Arkansas, I think it is. Uh, Wes should be able to know a little more about this, and we'll have to ask Richard about it when we get him on tomorrow. Uh, Arkansas adding a new receiver to the mix. Jordan Anthony, 5'10", 160. Yeesh. Joe, you came out of the womb that big, didn't you? <laughs> three catches for 14 in three games for the Aggies, and obviously familiar with Bobby Petrino, so he gets a leg up there, right? You know, this is a guy that's... Uh Played at Louisville, played at A&M, hasn't hit the field yet, but is super fast. And if Petrino wants him, I think you just got to have faith that, the, that he feel, you know, he loves speed and uh, feels like he can develop this guy and get him on the on the field and uh, create some advantages due to that speed. So I'm never going to turn my nose down as a really fast wide receiver. So where he's going to run track as well. Yes, he is. He's a track star. Um, Broke. So, a Kentucky freshman record with a 100-meter time of 10.16 at an outdoor meet in 23. I'm sorry. Can you turn me up? Yeah. Did you so he went to the University of Kentucky for a year? No, he went or to A&M. School. Was he he broke high school? I thought he started at Louisville. No, he went, to, he went to Kentucky for a year, Kentucky, then he transferred yeah. to A&M. Kentucky, okay. A&M, yeah, Arkansas. Now he's at Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That explains it. Um, so... He is uh, among the group now. He is the, looks like the lone incoming transfer wide receiver. I'm just looking through the list here now. The, the list of outgoing is a lot more substantial. Wes, while you're away, Arkansas lost another linebacker. Yeah. So certainly that will be, I would think, a focal point for the Hogs here. Uh, they've obviously gotten one back in the Georgia transfer, but uh, that will be, a got to think, a focal point for the next. Uh, for when they can. I mean, what, what's the portal window? Isn't it the window where we closed closing? last night? That's what I thought. Uh, but uh, the paperwork, you know, it may be delayed a day or two if they turn in the paperwork. Let's say last night, at, right before midnight. Now the uh, compliance office has to file the paperwork, and it may not come out until today or tomorrow. But um, for the most part, we probably know who's leaving this team. Well, I'm more worried about who's coming in. Yeah, this weekend's a good weekend. They have a yeah. lot of uh, visitors coming in, uh, guys that they've targeted. Uh, I was listening to Trey Biddy last night on drive time, and they don't have that many official visits left so that the guys that they're bringing in, you can feel pretty good that yeah. they want them and they're going to try to you know, do everything it, it takes are, to get them. These are portal guys. Yes, portal guys. And they held on to Brad Spence, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. When does that window open again? Right after spring ball in April. Okay. So you got the late signing. Maybe I'm, maybe they get something in the late signing period? Oh, yeah, they did last year. You know, it's yeah. guys that go through spring ball and may, may not be happy where they are and uh, had a coaching change and said, all right, I'll give this coach coaching staff a chance and go through spring ball, don't like what they see, and hit no, the portal. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying actual recruiting, though. I'm wondering if they'll get in the late recruiting period. Yes, they will. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk to Richard about all that. Certainly plenty to, to dive into there. All right, let's welcome in uh, Coach Kelly. 
Kevin Kelly dominated high school football in Arkansas, winning nine state titles in 18 years at Pulaski Academy. He's now turning his attention to dominating the airwaves on the zone. He's brought to you by the Little Rock Athletic Club, who's currently building a state-of-the-art indoor pickleball facility. Little Rock Athletic Club. No contracts and save 30% off joining fees. Coach, let me sing your praises for a moment, if I may. And this Thank won't you. be the nicest thing I've ever said to you, but it was a nice thing. You told me last week that you liked the Saints to beat the Buccaneers, and I thought you were insane, even though the ESPN analytics agreed with you. And I s- nobody expected them to win maybe the way that they did. A dominating performance. So thank you for that. Good call. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many other games you got right last week. I beat you all over that one. Well, I got the Dallas one right as far as Detroit cover. Yeah. I was pretty darn sure they were going to. I know it took some stuff at the end, but that game was never going to be a blowout either way. And then, but I didn't miss the over. I thought Dallas would. I thought Dallas and Detroit would go over, yeah. and they both just sputtered around down there like two teams that looked like they wanted to lose. Well, Dallas threw seven points away by fumbling into the end zone. See, what do you think about that rule? Oh, God. I mean, you know, it was funny. I posted something on the rule, and 9,000 people replied back, and it was severe hate of the rule or severe love of the rule because they're like, they should be forced to take care of the ball. But, yeah, that's a crap. I mean, I give it back to them where they fumble it. You know, they've got that rule on if you if it's fourth down and you fumble the ball, if it goes forward, it either comes back to the spot or you have to recover it yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, right there, that's one. That's too big of a penalty. You drove all the way down to the one. You fumble it. They didn't recover it. No. Just Thank went you. out of bounds Thank out of the you. end zone. Thank you. So put it back where you fumbled it from. You know, I mean, if, if nothing else. I, I just I don't like that yeah. rule at all. I, Every rule, a, I, last, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm okay yeah. taking it back to the 20. Take yeah. it back to the 20, but give it back to the team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every rule the last 25 years has been, it seems like, in favor of the offense. And this one is, I don't know when this, I guess it's always been this way, but it's, and it seems like I don't remember growing up that ever happened. I don't remember guys ever fumbling through the end zone or they, in the end they, zone. I'm it sure it all happened. started because of Casper with the charge. The Holy Roller, yeah. The Holy Roller. <clears throat> that, that's when they started thinking about putting yeah. him back and stuff. But but the, the the one out of bounds, I mean, the one where it fumbles out of the end zone sideways or back has been there forever. And the thing is... Uh, uh, that that's obviously not an offensive rule, but we didn't have to worry about it because guys weren't reaching the ball across back yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember when we were growing up? They, you keep you keep the ball covered up to you're through the back of the end zone yourself. You don't reach out and try to cross the plane of the goal line. They didn't have technology to even see if you cleared it anyway. And if you stuck it out and somebody knocked it out, it was just a fumble. Mm-hmm. This even is if not it was a, across the line. This is not a criticism. This is an observation. So please don't think I'm old man yelling at kids to get off my lawn, although I do have a little bit of that, but not as much as Klein does. Um, In this selfie-taking world that we live in today, this look-at-me social media era, it is remarkable to me that that kids are almost unable to just run the ball in the end zone. The other day, Michigan, and again, it's not a knock, it's just the way it is, but they, they tossed it out to their receiver, and the kid was wide open, and he basically had a stroll in the end zone from the tight red zone, and he had to, like, sort of leap into the end zone as opposed to just running across the thing. It's like he did this little plie into the end zone. I'm just like, and again, it's just the way it is. Now, sometimes those dumb plays where it's the look-at-me moments, I'm like, here's my thing. Anytime I caught a ball and I had a chance to go to the end zone, I'm like, I'm running as fast as I can. I want people to think I'm super fast. These guys are, like, putting on a show on their way into the end zone. It's just funny to me Well, that and that's the where we live in. And the times they drop it, like it happened two weeks ago in the NFL, they had to review for mm-hmm. a while a guy that dropped the ball before he got to the goal line again. And you're right. But, but you know, the dumb thing is this. Is every once in a while, remember the kicker that celebrated after a win and he Dramatic, the Jaguars, the Jaguars kicker? Yeah, Grammatica. Tours ACL or whatever. You know, Cardinals, everybody wants to put on that show, and it's all fine and good, but what we forget is, as humans, we really don't care. Five seconds later, we don't know if the guy put on a show or not and do not give a darn. We just care if he scored or not. And then if they could look back, the ones that might not make it in, that might fumble, that might drop the ball early, that might be holding it out to their side and somebody catches them from behind, if we'd look and go, now, are you going to be glad you did this a week from now if it doesn't go well? The answer would be no. Then don't do it now. But you're right. It's, it's, it's that look at me, celebrate now, when in reality, five minutes later, nobody cares. Well, and as a kid, here's the thing. When I was a kid, I didn't think that way either. Like, if I scored a touchdown, dude, believe me, I wanted everybody looking at me. I wanted everybody paying attention to me. I wanted the cheerleaders flirting with me. But you look at it, and you really understand the game more now. It is the complete ultimate team game, right? Yeah. So if you got a pick, 
your defensive line probably gave some pressure to get you there. Oh, yeah. If you're a running back and you ran between the tackles into the end zone, you sure as hell didn't do that by yourself. Right. And if you're a quarterback, you have to deliver the ball to a guy to get into the end zone in a pass play, and the receiver didn't just catch the ball and throw it to himself. So, again, everybody's playing a role here. So you go and look at me, look at me. You know, it, it is a little bit annoying when you think about it because a lot of things have to happen right for a play to work on either side of the ball. You know, what I did at PA and what I'm going to do this year at Sheridan's, I had our guys, look, if you want to celebrate, nobody is celebrating as an individual. We're not spiking. We're not, and you sprint across the goal. It's always been for me. Find one of my guys that's not sprinted across the goal line in the million touchdowns we scored. You won't find one because their butt was watching the rest of the game if they did that. Mm-hmm. I had a guy, we were playing Lake Hamilton. We ended up losing the game one time. and had a kid, I love the kid, good hard-nosed player. He did a flip into the end zone with the ball. He tested me. And this was against Lake Hamilton. They were really good back in 2009. And he dove in. He didn't play the rest of the game. He was done, and we lost the game. Mm. But valuable lesson learned right there. We got a 15-yard penalty. I don't need a 15. We don't need a 15-yard penalty, so you can do a flip into the end zone. Did he you land know. the flip though? Did he? Did no, he, he landed it? on his butt. And, uh, oh. and he's a smart kid. He's a veteran. Now. He's a vet- uh, veterinarian now, so okay. you know he's done well. But. He was dumb at that moment because yeah. the team, you know, they're thinking them over team, and that's the yeah. football's the ultimate team game. He uh, was a veterinarian, appropriately so, because he was in the doghouse that night. Wasn't he, he was in the dog. Ha ha ha! He was in the dog. <laughs> yes, he was in the doghouse for a while. Grammatica was for the Cardinals. I was thinking of the punter for the Jaguars who did the chopping the wood thing in that locker room. Oh, when Jack yeah. Del Rio was the coach and hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. those mixed up. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the grammatic play where he was jumping up yeah, and hurt himself. that was for the but, but you celebrate together. You know, when they do, and what I mean is, guy scores a touchdown, I don't mind all the whole team going over there and jumping up yeah. and down and doing their thing. Just the individual dancing across the goal line or, or, or running away from everybody to show attention to me. Everybody knows you scored a touchdown. We all saw it. We're jacked. Good for you. Yeah. You it's know, different. Like, if you throw the ball to Joe in the post and he works Elijah on and drop steps and dunks on him, he gets to celebrate. That was his move. Good job, Joe. And that time that it happened, I bet it was awesome. Win. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have film was, of that? Can I see that was, it? <laughs> that may have been an EA Sports memory yeah, I had. It might have had yeah. been in real life. I don't know. So, Coach, I don't remember uh, that. You got the pick right on the Saints game. How'd you do on the college games? I was exactly right. I was the only one out of when when we had Michael Felder on. I said Washington and and uh, Michigan, and I was the only one of the four of us that had it right, or five of us, counting Christian, that had it right. So I'm, I was jacked about it. I, I thought, I thought, you know, and you, I hate to put stuff into, and y'all can talk about this too about any sport, about. You know, how much does it mean internally or whatever? And and when Harbaugh, the way they came together, and people said, well, I think they're more galvanized. I think they're more together. You know, a lot of times I don't believe in that stuff. I believe football's football. Now, you need to be together. I didn't know, but I really thought that did bring the team together. They really did have the us against the world. And whatever we say, Harbaugh, when he was with Frisco, we were in three of the last four NFC championship games. He does have a way of bringing people together, men together. And I think he used that as a motivation to do just that. His staff was obviously competent and did a good job during that time, but he was there all week. I think it brought them together and that us against them, the world. If they didn't have that, I think Washington would beat their butts in this game. But because they've got that, I don't know. Now it's going to be a tight game. I think Washington covers, but don't. So I, I thought that was I thought that was an important part, and it gives them something they can live on. And I think they're playing for him. Did y'all see the reporter ask him the question about his future after that game? And some of the ESPN, Stephen A. Smith said, that's not, you know, I was proud of Stephen A. That's not even the time to ask that. Mm-hmm. Wait till after the next game mm-hmm. to ask him that question. But his his players kind of smiled and laughed and started clapping. And I'm like, these guys are freaking all in. They yeah. don't care if he's leaving, staying. They care about he's got them focused on right now. This is our time. And uh, so I think that's good. Washington game, what a crap rule. I want to hear what y'all think about that. The guys, we're running out the clock. They're going to end up with the ball 15 seconds left. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, if, if, if they didn't have any timeouts left and Washington was behind and he got injured, there'd be a 10-second runoff for him laying out there. But because they're, he's, they're, because they're not behind, then you stop the clock and don't restart it. The clock should restart because that guy's clearly injured, and it gave the defense an advantage because they hurt the kid. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't hurt him on purpose. But if I'm on the other team and national championship's on the line, I might take a shot at a knee. You know, I mean, some mm-hmm. people will take yeah. a shot at a knee. God, if we can get him down, now we'll have 40 extra seconds. The, and the funniest I, thing I about that, that was coach, a bad rule. I, I agree 100%. That the funniest thing about that was, the only funny thing about it was, they go, 
Texas has refused the 10-second runoff. I'm like, you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have we talked about how if Ewers just threw a better pass, they score at that last play? If he throws a back shoulder as he's going across the goal, the guy backed four yards deep open. into the end zone. Yeah, if he just throws it. But that wasn't the play. That's not designed. And you mm-hmm. got to do a different footwork. He couldn't do it. Once okay. they called that play, it was on. He wasn't going to be able to throw that ball. Okay. And the guy wouldn't have been looking anyway. But it should have never been in that situation. That timeout yeah. with that, that that you know, they should have had 15 seconds. I was upset with his lineman. I'm like, go pick the kid up and, and drag him off the field. You oh, got, you like, got to know. I would have even yelling, "Crawl off the field!" Yeah, <laughs> make an effort yeah. to crawl off the field. This is the whole world on the line right here. You know, that, Clint Conk brought that up yesterday. He was in with his coach, and he said the exact same thing. He said, "We worked on it." And the guys made fun of me. He's like, "But we worked on." It. He said, "I told my guys, unless you have a bone protruding through your yeah. skin, you better crawl off the field if yeah. you have to." I said that. I said that to our high school guys at PA. Like, if you can't get off, then I get it. But if you can. If there's any way possible you can get off the field, get off the field. Because that's it. it's a big point in the game. That could have literally lost in the game. Yeah. Almost yeah, did. It almost did. I was thinking well, of that Culpepper uh, moment where his offensive linemen are, you know, dragging him down the field. No, that was uh, the guy that was the OC at Tampa Bay, Byron Leftwich. Leftwich moment, yeah. yeah. Byron Leftwich. And, he, and they're, they're taking him down yeah, the field. Yeah. I'm like, somebody's got to help him off the field in that in that moment, knowing the situation. I, they obviously didn't know the situation. Yeah, when, and, 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 and that's a shame because the whole championship game could have been different. Yeah. Well, Washington but, brought it on themselves because then they started rolling over and covering number one in the middle and leaving the guy on the edge by himself one-on-one where they could yeah. throw it up. That was idiotic. Well, I, I would tell you, too, when they got the, the, last, the next to last play and he threw it away, and I was like, I'm watching the replay, and I'm like, when did they hit the ground, right? And, and I'm like, and they put a second on, I'm like, oh gosh, this is spells doom. Another spot, nobody looked at this. On that play, there were five seconds when they started. They didn't start the clock for two full seconds until the ball was snapped, and he had the ball in his drop. Mm. Nobody even looked at that and caught that, and they put one second back on. I'm like, if they looked at the whole play, they would have gone, no, there was negative one second on the clock because they had it. He, the guy didn't start the clock for two seconds. And what if the guy on the sideline doesn't catch the ball? No, it, it's whenever it touches or lands on the ground. Right, if he if he moves it, out of the way and it flies through the air a little r- bit further yeah, and yeah, then hits the then ground on the no sideline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's weird. So if I so that that makes me think if I'm on if I'm on a college team now and it's coming down to that last second, I'm gonna scoot our guys down, media guys, anybody. Hey, you guys, I'm gonna train them. Hey, stand over there. We're gonna throw to that side. Yeah. And if this thing, if we have to throw this thing away, you guys reach out and grab that thing because it stops as soon as it touches a human being. Okay. Well, I mean, you're gonna have a little while to talk about this, but what's your gut say about Monday? Man, I, I think, you know, both teams, the first thing I look at is I look at third down percentage of, of, of conversion rate, and both of them are right around 45%. They're really good. They've done it in different ways, obviously. Uh, at the end, what I like is, I mean, this is a toss-up in, in so many ways, and uh, they're not mirrors of each other by any stretch, but it's a toss-up. But but what I like is is I like the fact that if Washington's losing – they can come back a little easier with Penix at quarterback than than Michigan can, I think, although we saw that one. If Washington's down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, they can come back. Michigan, I don't think, can if that situation happens, except for Washington's poor defensive play behind uh, in the back. But uh, and, and I think that they've they 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 average 100 yards more per game on the ground. That's usually equal to six or seven points more. So I mean, I'm looking, I'm finding reasons to pick one team over the other. If I had to pick right now, I'd say very tight game. Washington covers slight lean to Washington winning the game. Yeah, but I think Michigan's D line is really, really good, and that could be the the difference in not letting him have time. But I'll say this: I think the Pac-12 was the best conference in the country this year. You know, and people, and I'm in SEC country. I've never thought that before this year. But when you look at Arizona and you look at Oregon and you look at Washington and you look at Oregon, Oregon State, State in a bad bowl Utah. game, but uh, Oregon yeah. State and Utah. I mean, they all played some D. To, I mean, Utah's as good on defense as anybody in the SEC almost, and and people mm-hmm. don't realize that. And and Washington beat them all. 
and just kept on yeah. doing it and beat Oregon twice, who yeah. was really good. I would have loved and, to have seen Oregon in a 12-team playoff this year, and obviously we would have loved to see Georgia, too. Would, would have loved to see Georgia in the mix with this. I thought this was a, it would have been the, the best year. If we would have got lucky and this was the year that, that it was the 12, it would have been awesome. But right now, lean towards Washington. What, yeah, I, I, You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm the same. I don't know about the outright win, but I think, I think Washington, if I was going to pick, I'd take them to cover the three-and-a-half or whatever it is, or four-and-a-half or whatever the number is. Um, how do you feel about their line versus Michigan's D-line, which was dominant against the not-great Alabama offensive line? Yeah, you know, Alabama, I think it was a little misleading. Alabama's been having trouble in pass pro all year long. Mm-hmm. They've been having it, and it's worked out well because Milrow runs and does they, – they worked with him on finding avenues out of it and what to look for, and, there, and there's definitely things you can do with a quarterback in that situation. Uh, Washington's O-line's been, been tough. And they've been strong, and they and they've stood up to you know different. I mean, Oregon Oregon has one of the best defensive ends in the country, and they just went one on one, didn't chip him, didn't double team him, just manhandled the guy pretty much the whole game. He, he had a couple plays, but and they did it twice. I mean, those guys are good. They're a little undersized, but man, that's not bad for pass blocking. That's good for pass blocking because you can move your feet and get there a little bit. Ninety percent of pass blocking is getting in the way of the guy and not letting him swim you. Or jab one day, one way and rip through and have a clear path towards the quarterback, and they're quick enough to get there. So I think they, I think they handle them better than anybody that Michigan has seen this year. Plus, what have they done more than anybody in the country? They pass blocked, so they're really good at that because they practice in game. They didn't make. I only saw one mistake in calling, changing the protection wrong to free up a defender. I only saw that one time for Washington. I saw it a few times for Bama mm-hmm. and a few times for Michigan the other night. Coach, I got a question here. This is from our uh, live fan feedback brought to you by the Gangster Museum of America and the Hattery down in Hunt Springs. What do you think about Alabama's last play call? You know, I put on Twitter, and I'm proud to say it's my first million dollar, or my first million viewed tweet. Hmm. Okay, 1.8 million views on this tweet because a couple of ESPN guys picked it up and retweeted it and stuff like that. But I, I did a kind of a little thing on the last play, and I, and I talked about the last play. And, and you guys saw, if you watched ESPN, if he cuts left right there, that was how the play was designed to do. And I even had some old, you know, Jonathan Luigs griped at me and said, no, that's not how the play was designed a little bit and this and that. But it was. And you go, well, there's a free rusher, and he had to block the linebacker, so one of those guys was free. No, it's designed where if the free rusher comes up the field too far, the lineman turns up and blocks the linebacker. If he's not, he kicks him out and lets the quarterback go one-on-one. I didn't think it was a bad play. They executed it poorly. We saw the right tackle just get blown up, and he eventually tripped. The low snap is what made him have to lean forward, and then I think he panicked. Panicked. And his momentum was going forward. He just tried to dive through because usually he can run through people. And me personally, that's not what I would have done. I would have either done him sprinting out with pass run option. Or I would have, well, my favorite play would have been they bubbled the receiver, the, 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 the running back out. And I would have had all three receivers over there fake a block on their individual man-to-man guys and then all run slants in there. We call it blocking slants with the bubble. Because when the bubble, when they put shoot their hands, the defender then, even though he's in man, looks to see why they're blocking. And they, one of them, all you got to have is one out of the three take the step because they're in zero coverage. One out of the three, take a step towards that running back, and he's wide open in the end zone. And that's my favorite play in that situation. All right, we've got to hit a break. More with Coach Kelly coming up, brought to you by the Little Rock Athletic Club. Joe, you rolling or you Any, sticking? Anybody who's playing Sheridan next year, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can remember all you want to. You're training them all year to do actually that. and I'm training I can to stay a little bit longer. Wes, Wes yeah. asked me very nicely. Unlike Did you. He? You just said... I'm trying to get you to leave early. What are you talking about? What are you doing? I'm trying to get you out at 1045. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, Let's hit a timeout. James Miller standing by at Guatney Chevrolet. We always talk about new cars and used cars, and we don't probably talk enough about the service department, but somebody decided to smash into my kid's car, so I knew where to take it, right to Guatney Chevrolet. And James and the uh, folks over there are working on that, so we will look forward to seeing the new and improved uh, Parker Mobile here soon, James. But... Uh, let's talk about some sales. You guys survived the uh, the New Year holiday, I assume. Everything's good over there? Everything's great. Yeah, we're looking forward to 2024, and uh, we are getting some new parts put on the Parker Mobile, so we'll get it kind of up and going here as quick as we can. Uh, we'll need a few new parts there, I think, but it'll be okay. That They're made to be fixed, and we like to fix them, too. So uh, Body Shop does a good job down there, so 
we'll have that thing up and going. But yeah, 2024 is going to be a, it's going to be a fantastic year, and you know we're going to start off the year. First of all, if you've got a trade-in, listen to me. If you've got a 2010 or newer trade-in right now, you come in and get a Silverado truck, for instance. I'm going to give you an extra 22.50 rebate just for having a trade-in. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be a member of Costco. You don't have to be in the National Guard. You don't have to have any of that stuff. You just come in. You got a 2010 or newer trade-in. You get an extra 22.50. That's on top of all the other incentives that we have out there, which are interest rates at the lowest 1.9. Uh, still have the no payment uh, out there for 90 days, so got all of that stuff in effect for you. But but trade-ins, we need those trade-ins. So if you're out there driving the 2010 or newer, and if it's not a GM vehicle, we've got money for you on those as well. If you've got a non-GM vehicle, we'll take either one of them. So you can come see us this month. It's going to be a fantastic month. We're going to start the, the year off great, and uh, we're making some incredible deals right now. I like it. How's the inventory right now? growing every day it's uh you know i say i know we talk about this each week but it just continues to get bigger and bigger you know we we keep keep getting new vehicles in stuff that we haven't been able to get you know traverses and blazers and camaros uh even have a corvette on the showroom that's not sold yet which is a which is a rare thing too if you're looking for the new body style get in the corvette we've got that one beautiful one sitting on the showroom floor for that so inventory is great selection is good and and you know we're going to take care of you on the deals no matter what you just give us a chance. That's all we ask. If you go somewhere else and you're not hearing what you want or you think you can do a little better, give us that one shot, and I promise you we'll make it worth your while. Well, since 1957 you've been doing that, and uh, 2024 not going to be any different, I'm sure. James, I thank you, my friend. I will see you soon, and uh, we're going to be out tomorrow, I guess, and hang out with our employee of the month. But we will check in again with you soon. Thanks for the time. Go by and see our friends out at Guatney Chevrolet, the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville, and you can do a little pre-shopping at GuatneyChevrolet.com. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. All right, quick break. We'll be back with more In the Zone on the Buzz Radio Network. This is how we do it. It's Friday night, and I feel old. 1037 The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback basketball. Coverage is brought to you by Red River Ford, Lion Legal, Malvern National Bank, and Genesis of Conway. This is SportsCenter. Arkansas football has landed a transfer commitment from Texas A&M wide receiver Anthony Jordan. The 5'10", 160 receiver entered the portal on December 27th. Jordan originally attended Kentucky in 2022 before transferring to A&M last year. He caught three passes in the three games he appeared in in 2023. He's the fifth transfer Arkansas has landed on offense this offseason. He plans to run track at Arkansas also. And in the latest ESPN 2024 NBA mock draft, Trevin Brazil is projected to go 19th still despite a disappointing month of December. Brazil is averaging 10 points and 7 rebounds on 50% from the field and 43% from 3 on nearly 3 attempts a game this season. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Pickleball, one of the fastest growing games across the country. The Little Rock Athletic Club is opening a new state-of-the-art indoor pickleball facility next month. Play pickleball indoors and be free from the heat, cold, wind, sun, rain, and insects. Pickleball at the Little Rock Athletic Club has observation and lounge areas, flat screens, and it's a family-friendly facility. Join the Little Rock Athletic Club today and save 30% off joining fees with no monthly contracts. LRAC.com for more information. That's LRAC.com. Cord TV's Chanley Painter checks in with Morning Mayhem, courtesy of the Gangster Museum of America and the Hattery of Hot Springs. The former Miss Arkansas will fill us in on the latest high-profile cases. Don't miss Chanley Painter with Morning Mayhem on 103.7 The Buzz. The king of Arkansas sports talk, Randy Rainwater for Bet Saracen. There's big news in the mobile sports betting business. Bet Saracen was just named the 15th largest sports book in America. That's because Arkansans like to do business with a winner. Find all your winners on Bet Saracen. Download it today and look for my double R prop bet specials. I pick them, you win them. Bet Saracen is Arkansas's favorite sports wagering app. Gambling problem? Call 800 522 4700. You know, I wish that I had cookies too. I wish that I had cookies too. No better value for your buck. 
Corky's Barbecue. Guys, it's a new year, baby. It's 2024. Low T Center can make it a great one. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, you've noticed a lack of motivation and drive, you may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels tested. They make it quick. They make it easy to get all your levels checked, and it's only 25 bucks. And with their on-site lab, you'll get results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Tune in every Monday night at 7 during basketball season for the Eric Musselman Show. Coach will break down gameplay and strategy. Brought to you by Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealership. The all-new Genesis of Conway, now open at 1075 Collier Drive. Welcome back to the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio, home of the zone. Can't get enough of us on the radio? Follow us on Twitter at Justin Aqui7, at Wes underscore more, and at C Weaver 1037. Big O Tires right now has got a good deal. Three by three, get fourth tire free. Always go to their website, bigotires.com slash deals to see all their monthly deals. Great selection of tires, all the brand new, all the brand name tires. Plus they have the Big O Tire and they do more than just tires. They'll work on your vehicle. If there's something wrong, need a, just something as simple as an oil change. They can do that for you at Big O Tires. Two great locations, Conway and Cabot. In Cabot, they're on Prospect Court right in front of Kroger. In Conway, they're on Hark Rider. Go check them out. It's a team we trust, Big O Tires. Let's bring in Michael Felder and talk some more college football. He joins us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Michael, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Not great. I just had to get my car towed into the shop, so that, that, that rejoiner was perfect for me. It's a shame they don't have a big old tire there. In, uh, you're in Charlotte? Yes, sir. Yep. We need to uh, branch out, I guess, so we can help out Michael Felder. Let's uh, start with the two semifinal games. What did you think of those, uh, the two games? Um, I mean, let's start with the Michigan-Alabama game. Obviously, I think that there's a couple things. One, we have to got to give Michigan credit. This is something that people keep complaining about. They say, I don't give Michigan enough credit. They are good at what they do. They are very good at what they do. The problem for me is I just think they should be better than they are. But they were good enough to beat Alabama, a team that most people were picking to beat them, beat them in overtime. Uh, and the big thing that always comes up to me is like, and I, I heard this from my mom all the time, and it's like, listen, don't, don't argue with, with fools because they'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. And that's what that game felt like. It felt like Michigan made the water so muddy Alabama couldn't see and couldn't get anything done. Uh, kudos to, um, obviously, Mike Sanders, though, coming into this game. He was my favorite player uh, on defense in out of all the four teams. But also, kudos to that front, that defensive front. They were able to, and it's been a problem all year. So, the snap. The snap is a huge issue. And the way that that absolutely killed drives for Alabama was remarkable. And the fact that they couldn't do anything about it really speaks to them having a lack of another option. They kept that guy in the game. When you're looking at it, you're like, these snaps are terrible. And I was talking to E.J. Manuel on uh, Tuesday, and he said something that really stood out to me. He, The way that he re- referenced and kind of put it into Layman's terms was, imagine if your cell phone fell into the passenger seat. Not passenger seat, fell into the floor at the passenger seat, and you're driving on the highway, you're going you know, 70 on the highway, and you reach down to go get it, and then you look up, and the picture's completely changed. That's what Jalen Miller was kind of dealing with, with those bad snaps. So we had a rough go of it. But kudos to Michigan for winning. And then, hey, but Michael, hold on. Are, Michael, hold on on that. Yeah. That started happening early in the season, like game two, game yeah, three. All year. Yeah. That's been happening all yeah. year long. And yeah. and I've had that happen. We've been in shotgun. We haven't. My, my teams haven't taken a snap from under center since 2006. Okay? Yeah. And... And, and so we've had these problems, and this is an. I, I had two thousand and in two thousand six. As a matter of fact, my quarterback took every snap behind the right guard because I couldn't get the center to snap it straight back. 
And so after a while, you quit doing it. I had a year like the one you're talking about with Milrow. I moved my quarterback mm-hmm. up to four yards. It was the only time my quarterback started at four yards. I couldn't get yeah. the kid to do it. And you got to look and you go, okay, is the kid behind him that much of a drop-off? Because the kid in that game yep. was going to ruin a bunch of plays for them and make a bunch of plays even harder. So is the guy behind him that could snap it perfectly, is he that much worse at blocking? And they should have started that process a long time ago with a new center and 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 having him learn and go, is the drop-off worth six, seven plays a game? To me, it would be. Because you don't know when those six or seven are coming. If it comes on third down or fourth down, it's a turnover, basically. If it comes at the end of the game yeah. like it did, it's a loser. You're, you're, hey, man, you pretty to the choir. This is a thing that we brought up before. It's a thing that we all saw over the course of the season. It's a thing that didn't hurt them that much until what, Auburn, obviously, and then, of course, it cost them in that national championship game, or excuse me, in the national semifinal game. And it just was one of those things, like, I don't understand how this wasn't a, a massively instantly addressed point from Nick Saban, a guy that we know to be really super technical. Um, then you flip it over to the other game, and, I mean, Michael Penix Jr. is amazing. Like, that guy just gets the job done. I thought Quinn Ewers played a pretty good game. and But the thing for me, the two things are Penix, it's time. Time is the whole thing with Washington. If Penix has time, then he's going to make a play. And he's going to make you pay because they've got three wide receivers that are going to be playing on Sundays. They've got um, a tight end in uh, Jack Westover who just keeps finding ways to get open and keeps finding ways to steal first downs from you. And Penix, and this is something I, want, I don't know if you know this, because, but I love Penix moving to his right. I know he's a lefty, and in theory, most teams roll to your dominant hand, but most defenses are, are set up for, to play against right-handed players. And what you're always taught on defense, what I was always taught on defense, is when you get that quarterback rolling to his right, he's never going to throw it back to the middle of the field. He's never going to throw it to the post. He's never going to throw it. He, he, it's all the, Everything's going to go towards the sideline. And the beauty of Penix as a lefty, you think about those mechanics of throwing, he's got to step with that right foot. So if he's on a half roll or if he's on a scramble to his right, he's always got the ability to square completely up. Doesn't have to whip his all of his hips around. He's got the ability to square up and put that ball on the hash or put that ball to the post, put that ball to the over route that most right-handed quarterbacks can't do. And I think that's a that's one of the things that's really beautiful about watching him play. And then with respect to time, I, I go timeliness. They needed to play on defense. They got it. They needed to play on defense. They got it. They needed to play one second to go. What did they get? They got the cleanest pass breakup we've probably seen this year of a guy who he literally jumped basically backwards and swatted that ball away and then looked at the ref like, there's no way you can call me on anything. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right about Penix. And not only that, I am, I've been anti-fade route for years because at all levels they're less than 20% completion rate. And even Calvin Johnson, the greatest maybe fade guy that's ever played the game, was 18% when he got out of the NFL. They were 18, that's what his number was, 18% completion. I'm yeah. not doing anything like that. With Penix, I don't care who he's throwing to, I would probably be like, okay, I'm okay with the fade. He like he couldn't walk up there and hand it to those guys. And I mean, it just and it's perfect trajectory. It's not coming too low where the guy can knock it down. It's coming down over the top and just laying in the breadbasket, so to speak. It is unbelievable, and and that's a that's a huge deal because I'm against that route. I'm against the one on one matchups. If my guy's got to beat your guy, I want I want to have a reason to get him open besides that a double move or something. But with him. They just have to be running down the field, and it's going to land in their arms. And and he's he's magical at that. I mean, like mm-hmm. magical, and he's been magical all year. It's not close to how he's the best deep ball, deep ball thrower in the game. But it's so. It, but, but even the one that he said he missed against the tight end, not the not the one you talked about, but the faster one. The guy turned yeah. his shoulders and slowed down. The ball would have landed right in his hand. Well, he overthrew that one. No, he didn't. Dude turned his shoulders right. completely backwards and slowed down to about half speed or it'll land it in his. Penix doesn't make mistakes on those things, but you're right. He enables them to do things that defenses rule out for other quarterbacks. And all of a sudden when they see him doing that, they're like, oh, we got to stop this, and he can do different things because he can square his shoulders up. I think you're, think you're exactly right on that. And I think Washington's offensive line, not only do I think they're a little smaller and they're a little more mobile and can protect him better because of that, I think I watched a bunch of stuff. I think they love the guy, so it'd be like us protecting our kids. Mm. I mean, I think they love him, and that's a big part of it, too. Mm. All right, well, let's move to the national championship game. Who do you Mm -hmm. like? 
man. Listen, I, I like Washington. I, I just I I think Michigan's gonna have it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a little bit more rough to stop this guy. Like we saw Alabama and Alabama offense that I don't think measures up to Washington's offense. And they, they took them to get to overtime to get the win and it took a lot of really bad plays from Alabama for them to get the win. So I look at Washington, I think they're gonna execute. We both we all we all know that they've been already working on this game so the top, the one week turnaround is not going to be that big of a deal because everybody's already been working on everybody else I think the key for me is going to be putting Michigan in conflict but again it goes back to time and time is like a running thing for me on this one time 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 Can, if Penix has time and Michigan has to cover those guys they don't have to cover those guys at 8 at 12 at 10 they're going to have to cover those guys at 20 24 it takes time to get those guys down the field if you give Penix that time, I think he's going to win every time. Michigan came with a lot of blitzes against Alabama. Yes. Can they do that against Washington? They can. And it's going to be a matter of what does Mike Sanger still do? Because that's the part. He's my, again, he's my favorite player on defense. Um, going into the semifinals, he was. He's still my favorite player going into this game. Uh, but where, where do you use him? Do you use him to bring pressure from depth, or do you use him to try to cover down a big area in the back end. That's the part that's going to be really interesting. And by the way, he's a guy, man, kudos to him for making the move to defense. You want to talk about someone that really changed their trajectory as a, as a, as a future NFL player because now he's one of the top defensive backs when he was an afterthought at wide receiver. How about in the uh, NFL? Because this week is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, when you look at the number of teams that are still in in contention for a playoff bid or uh, a title, AFC East, Miami and Buffalo. Buffalo favored by three at Miami. Yeah, it's it's really like wild to look at the playoff picture, and like that's the thing I had to make sure I pulled up because everything keeps changing. And when you go from playing those games on Sunday, because they play Saturday and Sunday, you got to look at the playoff picture. And the reality for me is, like. We know Baltimore's going to make the playoffs. We know the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. We know the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. The Bills are an interesting team because they, they need this to make sure they get it done. And the Jags are sitting there on the cusp. So this is going to be a real – it's a big weekend. It is. And that's what, that's what you want, especially as it kind of winds down for college. The NFL is revving up, and that's, one of, that's part of the kind of the machine, basically, that they have. I'm, I'm curious to watch um, – I'm curious to watch the Steelers game. My dad's a big Steelers fan. I'm curious to see if they're able to steal, to, to steal a win um, because, obviously, we already know that Tomlin solidified his no-losing season, but if they can get to 10 wins, I think they're still going to feel pretty good about going into the offseason and what they're going to need. So it's just a very – it's a different world than college football, if we're, just to be fair. Like, we know – and I'm getting ready for to start doing draft stuff, so this final week is where I get to start looking at what do teams need, what do they have, and how are they going to get to where they want to go? Well, it's crazy. Coach and I were talking about that game with Baltimore already clinching. They're going to sit a lot of players. Yeah. Buff, uh, Buffalo, if they lose to Miami, and if Pittsburgh does beat Baltimore, Buffalo yeah. could miss the playoffs. Yeah. So it's <laughs> if you're Baltimore, if you're Baltimore, you know you don't mind playing Miami later on, and right. because they're you've beat their butts and and. If you play, or do you lose this game not on purpose, but do you call it conservatively? You're sitting so many players anyway. It'd be easy to lose without even trying to lose. But do you call it conservatively because you don't want to play the Bills? I think so. I think you do. I think you make that play. I think you make that move. I think, as you mentioned, the sit-outs, it's been really interesting to, to circle back to college football. Um, people talking about the sit-outs and if the bowl games are meaningless. And like This game for Baltimore does feel like it's pretty meaningless. Because they're already clinched, and if it helps them play the team they'd rather play, then that it kind of makes it meaningful, even though it doesn't mean much to them. It just means we can, we can kind of avoid playing the bill. You circle back to college football. I wanted to end on this. You look at what Ole Miss is doing in the transfer portal, and they had a good team this year. Where is Ole Miss in your preseason rankings next year? I mean, after the way they closed out the game, I, I think, and, and listen, Dark's back, Justin's back. They're going to have the, the nucleus of that team is going to be there, uh, especially with like, the point scores. And so, for me, I think, and you look at LSU losing 
Jaden Daniels, obviously. Um, we're, I don't know. We, we all thought Tennessee was going to be hot stuff this year, and they weren't. Um, Florida, I have no idea what to expect from them. So I think if you just, if we're just sitting in the SEC, I think it's Georgia, it's Alabama, and then probably Ole Miss, if you're asking me. It, it, oh, we got to throw Mizzou in there as well, too. So those are probably your top four teams. I think if you're talking national, you're looking for a number. Why can't they start out as a top ten team? And a team, honestly, with the expanded playoff, that should be angling to get into the playoff, which will be in maybe even hosting a game in Oxford uh, to start the playoff. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, I think they could be a top five team. I do too. I do too. I don't think there's any question. Mm-hmm. Preseason rankings, all the hype. I think I think uh, yeah. they have a chance to be in the top five. Michael, thank you. We appreciate the time. It's always good. Thank you guys so much. Michael Felder right. joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Got a lot of NFL games this weekend. Of course, the National Championship game on Monday. You want to download that Oakland Sports app. They're making it easier than ever to put money into your account and even easier to take money out of your account. Maybe that's what you can do after this National Championship game. It's real easy to take it out if you bet the Cowboys last week. They took it out for you. Well, I had to double down on that game. Because the money line at one point, uh, Cowboys were plus money. Earlier in the week, you money. were all Cowboys before we started Oh, no. The two bets I made on the Cowboys, I chalked them off as losses. Oh. So I doubled down and picked Cowboys to win outright when they were plus money. Oh, when nice. When Detroit took, yeah, nice. taking the lead. So yeah. I got my money back. Good for you. Yeah. In-game betting. You can do that on your Oakline app. You can salvage a bad bet. Realize you made a mistake? Yep. Come back the other way. Come back and fix it. Uh, Oakland's back up and running. Had a huge weekend last weekend. They're getting ready for another big weekend this weekend at Oakland. Go to Oakland.com. Live entertainment every weekend at Oakland. Great casino, 24-7 smoke-free casino. Restaurants, mainline sports bar, great place to watch games. It's all happening down at Oakland, down in Hot Springs. important is price when buying tires maybe for you it's what drives you to choose your tire store how important is service and what about choosing a tire store that is locally and family owned what if i told you that your local family-owned big o tires in conway and cabot can offer you the most competitive pricing with the caring service that you expect from your neighbor right now we have huge savings on our most popular sets of tires to keep you and your family safe on the road tires service and straight talk big o tires Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone, so it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that, which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. See Shelter Agent Drew Self in Hot Springs, Todd Matthews in Benton, or Alex Blake in Little Rock today. With tens of thousands of satisfied patients across America, it's no surprise QC Kinetics gets five-star reviews. I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I can recommend them highly. I would recommend QC to anybody. QC Kinetics has changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was skeptical, but the pain went from a 10 to a zero. Real people with real lasting relief from joint pain. QC Kinetics Regenerative Medicine is regenerating me. I was super successful. And I recommend everyone seek out QC Kinetics as an alternative to surgery. This non-surgical approach is definitely the future. I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Pickle Up for Literacy is a one-day pickleball tournament happening January 13th at the River Center in Benton. All levels and ages competing in women's and men's doubles. There is $600 in prize money in Moneyball brackets. Literacy Action of Central Arkansas is a nonprofit organization that teaches adults and their families reading and English language skills. Serving Pulaski, Faulkner, Saline, and Conway counties. Register for the tournament at literacyaction.com. AR.org by January 9th. 
Roger, did you know that Oakland Sports is the mobile app that lets you bet anywhere in Arkansas? Anywhere. So I can bet the over when I'm in Dover. Indeed you can. I can take the underdog in Dogtown. Absolutely. You're telling me I can bet on the pigskin and piggot? Yep. Hoops in Humnoak, baseball in Bauxite, long shots in Lavanca? All of the above. Anywhere, huh? Anywhere. Nice. Easy to use and even easier to fund. Bet with confidence. Bet with Oakland Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back in the zone. Get into the show by texting us on the Southern Structural Solutions text line at 501-661-1037 or message us on the Gangster Museum of America and Hattery Live Fan Feedback. Now, let's get into the zone. Little NFL news, Joe. This is for you. Adam Schefter tweeting out with the Chiefs Sign locked Jerry Rice. With the Chiefs locked into the number three seed, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes will not play in Sunday's regular season finale versus the Chargers. Blaine Gabbert will start instead. <laughs> we made a trade. I thought you were coming at me like we made a trade for. Uh, you were signing Terrell Owens. Blaine Gabbert was the biggest. He pulled the wool over the NFL eyes, mm-hmm. bigger than anybody in the world, because when he came out of college. Missouri. He had thrown the ball less yards downfield than anybody. And analytics weren't as big then, but his completion percentage was so high. He had thrown the ball less less yards downfield than anybody coming out in the draft. Hmm. But he had a high completion percentage. Everybody's like, 70%. We got guys accurate. you got to be accurate. <laughs> the NFL. Yeah, you're going to throw it backwards. Well, when I saw the Chiefs were underdogs to the Chargers, I assume Mahomes wasn't playing. Yeah, no, he's not playing. He better not. Kelsey Bennett, I mean, Chris Jones... Say, so look, man, you got a quarter. There are series. Well, they know. get a. Well, they get. They don't get a week off, do they? No. No. Oh yeah. He's got so. Chris What's Jones good? needs like a. He, West was one point two five. He needs. Uh, he needs a half a sack yeah, to get, get one point two five million for a bonus. For a bonus. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And he missed the first game of the year, so yeah. half missed a out sack. On that. Yeah. yeah. You know, my guy on Sharp that I write for, he's got a whole page of all the. Contract incentives. incentives. Yeah, it's pretty good. Some of them, you know, you're wondering about the guys that need seven catches. They're in meaningless games. Do they try to get them the seven? Is that up to the coach? Does the coach? I mean, you know, or, or does the owner tell the coach? Are there any? Yeah. I know for a fact because because Nick Saban told me a story about that one time about when he was with the Dolphins and they had a guy going into the last game of the year and if they won they went eight and eight. They were playing the Patriots. If they won they went eight and eight. If they lost they went seven and nine. He said everybody in the locker room wanted to go eight and eight, and uh, and they had a backup quarterback that backup quarterback that had been playing. I think it was after Culpepper tore his knee for the Dolphins, and they played him. And he would got to the point where if he had had a certain number of snaps, he was getting his like it was a million. And back then that was a lot. And uh, and the, the owner of the GM told him, "Don't play the guy." And he played mm-hmm. him anyway. Oh wow! Yeah, got him and he got his bonus. Yeah, I mean you have to. Yeah, yeah. That's the right thing to do. Well, there, but, well, I mean, that made owner, me love saving at that moment. Well, no, I was the like, owner, that's a, that's the owner and the GM doesn't have to win the locker room. Right. I mean, yeah, so they're just I, trying to I, save I, a million bucks. Credi- credibility going forward, mm. you're dead mm. as a coach. Yeah. Are there any uh, funny contract incentives? Like Spencer Dinwiddie a few years ago had a one dollar incentive if the Wizards won the nat- or the NBA title. <laughs> there might. I didn't see it. They didn't put those in there. But there were a lot of close ones. There were some. I'm like. God, that's four catches. That's not hard to get a guy. You get that the guy in the first quarter. Let's target him. Hour number three is coming up next. Joe Klein, Kevin Kelly. I'm Wes Moore. Christian Weaver. Stick around. Birthdays, entertainment, football. We'll talk some Razorback basketball. You're in the zone. Pickleball, one of the fastest growing games across the country. The Little Rock Athletic Club is opening a new state-of-the-art indoor pickleball facility next month. Play pickleball indoors and be free from the heat, cold, wind, sun, rain, and insects. Pickleball at the Little Rock Athletic Club has observation and lounge areas, flat screens, and it's a family-friendly facility. Join the Little Rock Athletic Club today and save 30% off joining fees.